daughters, sisters, and wives. They're gonna change our lives. Eat women, eat girls. They'll make a better world. Invest in Now here's your host, Katherine Gray. Hello, welcome to this week's edition of Invest in Her. I'm your host, Katherine Gray, founder of She Angel Investors and co-founder of the She Angels Foundation. And as you all know, we are all about funding women. So I am super excited today to talk about equity crowdfunding with the person that is in charge of partnerships at WeFunder. Please welcome to the show, Marielle Rausick. Hi, Marielle. How are you? Hello. I'm doing well. It's sunny where I am, so I'm super happy. How about you? How are you doing? Absolutely. It's sunny here in LA and we're loving life. <laughs> well, mm -hmm. um, you know, a lot of people don't know about equity crowdfunding, so I am excited to talk to you about that today and mm -hmm. also about how you, as a young woman, got involved in the investment world because let's face it, there's not enough women in the investment world. And I want to talk about how you ended up in that uh, because it's an interesting story. So um, you were, uh, you had shared with me, you were born in uh, New York and grew up in Boston, right? Yeah, that's right. So my uh, parents both immigrated, my mom when she was very young, my dad when he was older to marry my mother. Uh, and I was born in New York City and then they decided to raise us in the suburbs of Boston. So, and that's where I am right now. So, cool. And where did they immigrate from? They came from what was then Yugoslavia, now Croatia. Wow. I've always yeah. wanted to go there. It's supposed to be so beautiful. It's stunning. It really is. Yeah. I think Game of Thrones put that on the map, right? Yeah. I think it definitely helped. Yeah. <laughs> so um, very cool. So that's where you're originally from, your family. And um, when you um, were going to college, you had shared with me that you were studying neuroscience. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm so interested to share with everybody how you ended up from neuroscience going into the investment world. Yeah. Great question. Um, yeah. So I went into college, uh, kind of started studying biomedical engineering and transitioned to neuroscience. I think I definitely came into college. You know, my parents are immigrants. I think anybody with immigrant parents in the United States can kind of relate to, okay, you're going to be a doctor, an engineer, or a lawyer. And like, that's kind of, you know, the path for you. And so I think part of that is, you know, Part of why I studied neuroscience and why I started off on that path was because of that kind of influence. Uh, but I also studied neuroscience because I just had a background in research science and I've always been intensely curious just about the world and, and how it works. And so doing research in neuroscience was just a beautiful way to explore the human brain and human behavior and, you know, why we are the way we are. But at the same time, uh, most of the friendships that I was making and, you know, the friend groups and circles I was falling into just so happened to be uh, students who were founders, students who were incredibly entrepreneurial. Uh, and I was just spending so much time around people who are, you know, 18, 19, 20, 21 years old uh, and building, you know, phenomenal startups and phenomenal companies. Uh, but I think doing so, at least at, at, at my university, with a real lens on, you know, social impact. Uh, and, and really trying to create, you know, mission-driven, impactful companies that were really focused on solving, you know, actual problems, uh, not just, you know, being an app to fix something. And so it was really wonderful to be in that space and then get introduced to Dorm Room Fund, uh, which is the original kind of student-led venture fund whose, you know, mother fund or LP is First Round Capital. And that's an amazing collection of undergrads, graduate students, MBAs, PhDs uh, around the country. 
who invest in student startups. And that was a phenomenal kind of entry. I think I started as a sophomore in college. So I was a part of dorm fund for about two and a half, almost three years. And that was a phenomenal way to really, you know, play the role of a VC years before and, you know, you know, beyond college that could ever be, you know, uh, you know, possible, you know, the ability to not just source companies and, you know, bring companies in, but to actually vote and have those voting rights and decide how to allocate capital and then to be, you know, in charge of portfolio support for those companies. And so. So wait, I, let me uh, ask you something yeah. about dorm room fund. Yeah. So for the people that don't know what that is, it was like a venture capital fund and the people putting money into it were corporations. Is that right? So, so our LP or like where the money kind of came from was first round capital. limited partnership for those exactly. who don't know what that is. Yeah, exactly. So that's kind of like our mother fund and then they have their own, you know, LPs and they have their own sources of capital. Uh, but basically uh, first round capital uh, uh, gave us the money to invest. I think, I think the check size is changing this year, but when I was there, uh, it was 20 K checks at the pre seed stage. So we really prided ourselves on being the very first check that uh, founders would get. Uh, and we offered the most like insanely founder friendly terms uh, that were out there because really we were just hell bent on supporting founders and being the first in. And you were actually the one that went out and sought the founders to yeah. become part of this, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I think that what was awesome about the Dormum Fund Network was it was a collection of students who were deeply embedded, you know, in university ecosystems and in their kind of local cities and states entrepreneurial ecosystems. Uh, so we were out there, you know, going to all the pitch events, sitting in our, you know, campus centers and entrepreneurship centers, just meeting with student founders constantly, providing support and eventually, you know, hopefully uh, guiding them towards sources of capital like Dorman Fund. So this is really cool. You would go and find these founders on campus yeah. and say, oh my God, you have this amazing idea. I'm so excited about it. We have this dorm room fund. We can give you seed funding to get that started. Yeah, exactly. Wow. That's like, that's like the coolest job ever. No wonder you got interested and excited about it. So yeah. After that, um, how did you end up working with WeFunder? And then we'll talk about what WeFunder is. Yeah, for sure. So uh, kind of after I joined Dorm Room Fund, uh, my next few summers, I decided I started phasing out, you know, of neuroscience research and like lab research. Uh, and I spent one summer uh, interning at a startup just as it was launching. So it was just four or five of us, you know, in a room in San Francisco uh, launching this startup and really working with the founders to do that. Uh, and that was an amazing insight into just what it actually takes you know, operationally to launch a startup. And then the next summer, I worked with a phenomenal uh, incubator, accelerator, kind of mastermind community uh, called Commerce Club and Make Lane out of Los Angeles, which focused on supporting female founders of CPG direct-to-consumer companies. Uh, and while I was there, I was there to really help, you know, the women in this community uh, with access to fundraising and just talking about, you know, what is venture capital? What are the different sources of funding that are out there? And over time, like time and time again, uh, I would be meeting with these amazing founders. And I kept hearing, well, Mariel, like what's equity crowdfunding? You know, like what's WeFunder? We, we've heard about this model, what does it do? And I was embarrassed because I was like, I, I've never heard of this before. I actually don't know what that is. Uh, and, you know, I was really committed to just helping these founders uh, no matter what. And I was also in a place where I realized that, you know, 
traditional venture capital and sometimes venture growth models aren't always the best fit for founders. I think there's this idea because it's so sexy and, you know, everybody's talking about it and so exclusive that VC is like the kind of one size fits all path for everybody, but it was only ever really designed to fit, you know, a minority of cases, you know, for that kind of unicorn hockey stick growth. And there were so many founders who were coming to me and saying, I want to build a sustainable, profitable business. Like I don't want to 10X in one year, but I know that I'm going to be, you know, creating this amazing, sustainable revenue generating business, but I want to do it on my terms. And so with that, you know, they were coming to me asking about uh, models like equity crowdfunding. And I didn't know anything about equity crowdfunding. So I kind of put my feelers out within the dorm room fund network and ended up uh, becoming connected to Johnny, who is our VP uh, of investing at our VP of fundraising rather at WeFunder. And I brought him to kind of talk to uh, the women in this accelerator uh, about equity crowdfunding. Uh, and it was a hit. And after that, you know, my conversation with him went so well. And I, you know, I told him just how passionate I was about the space. Uh, and that's how I ended up, you know, joining WeFunder. I think there was just alignment from the start. And it was really beautiful, you know, to join a company after having, you know, forged a partnership between, you know, WeFunder and this accelerator that I was working with. So it was an ability to really work with the company and see what they were about, uh, you know, firsthand. Uh, and then, you know, I love working is amazing. I love your stepping stones of how you got, you know, to where you're at. Um, it it, it sounds like such an exciting journey. Yeah. And a lot of people don't understand equity crowdfunding. And one thing I love that you do there is you're very passionate about a getting women funded, because let's face it, like you said, the venture capital world is not friendly to women. We get less than 2% as most people mm -hmm. know which is just crazy. Uh, I think we get maybe as much as 20% in crowdfunding, but, but still, yeah. uh, still would like to grow that obviously to 50%. Mm -hmm. um, and then also what a gate, great gateway for women to start becoming angel investors. Yeah. And so if they don't know about how to do that, one of the best ways is to start in equity crowdfunding because it's not a big barrier to entry. That's the beauty of equity crowdfunding, right? Is that it used to be only accredited investors with a million dollars in assets or 200,000 in income could invest in another company and get shares, equity. But now, thanks to the new laws passed by Obama that we can now have equity crowdfunding for any business, it doesn't have to be one that's scaling. It could be just a startup and, and, and it's no barrier to entry for women. So we can be uh, funded by it and we can become funders in it. And that's what's exciting, right? So let's talk about that. What are some of the numbers and how can people become involved and why should they want to? Yeah, phenomenal question. Uh, so Basically, this all started, I'll give a tiny bit of history because I think it really paints, you know, an amazing picture of kind of why we're here and, 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 you know, why this exists. It all started, I think, a little over 10 years ago when our founder really wanted to invest just a couple hundred bucks into his friend's startup. And he realized that that was illegal, like fundamentally illegal. And there was no way for him to invest. You know, he could donate, give a hundred bucks. Uh, but he couldn't make an investment as an unaccredited investor. And he thought that was ridiculous. He thought you shouldn't have to be making, you know, over $200,000 a year. You shouldn't have to be supremely wealthy already to be able to make investments and then profit, you know, from those investments down the line. I think there was also a belief that, you know, in these private markets and private investment, it's it's VCs and millionaire angels who are making the decisions about, you know, who gets funded and who moves along the path towards exit and ultimately who shows up in the public market. 
we should have a say in that as well. No, like the consumer uh, communities should have a say in who ends up there as well. So basically out of that, just frustration uh, was born equity crowdfunding. And it was something our founders like, lobbied Congress uh, to pass into law uh, with the Jobs Act, you're right, in, in 2012 under Obama. Um, and what's really exciting about equity crowdfunding is it's a way, at least on WeFunder, you know, to raise anywhere from 50000 to $5 million dollars from both unaccredited and accredited investors alike with as little as $100 all rolled up into just one line on your cap table for founders. Uh, and that's super exciting because it means, you know, if you're a founder who has a diehard community, who has people, whether, you know, whether it's friends and family and, you know, you have the privilege and access of having, you know, friends and family who want to invest or whether that's something you don't have, but you have, again, those diehard customers, those super fans, people in your network or, or who are customers of your company who really love what you're building. It's a way for them to not just, you know, give you maybe $25, like Kickstarter, maybe get a t-shirt and forget about you, but to really financially invest, emotionally invest in your company. And then hopefully, you know, when you exit, whatever that liquidation event is, those are the people, you know, your mom, your friends, your community, your customers who profit. Like those are the people who you celebrate with when you exit. And I think that's something that really, really resonates with founders. You know, on the one hand, uh, you know, we're still you know, fans in many ways of the VC model. It, it does work, you know, for many companies. And, and we see so many companies who raise from VC before, during, and after, you know, an equity crowdfunding campaign. But ultimately, I think something that really, you know, resonates with founders is when you think about who's investing in your company uh, and who's going to profit at the end, you know, do you want to make already very wealthy VCs and angels perhaps even more wealthy? Or are you more excited about making your super fans, your community, your family, the people who you celebrate with, the people who, you know, profit ultimately from your success? And I think and people can do both, right? Exactly. Do, and right? I think it's beautiful. They do angel investing from yeah. accredited investors, and then they yeah. could do this, supplement it with this um, equity crowdfunding, right? Yeah, exactly. And that's what's really beautiful. I mean, I think there's been like $5 billion in follow-on VC funding from uh, uh, WeFunder uh, companies, for WeFunder companies, which is really exciting to see. And something that we're seeing now that the cap is 5 million, uh, a trend that I really love is, because usually we serve companies at like the seed stage, like they've just launched or, you know, they've, they've been around for about a year. Maybe they're looking to bridge from like a seed to series A, you know, maybe that's those early stages is where they're at. With the raise now, you know, it used to be that founders could only raise up to 1 million. As of March 15th of this year, founders can now raise up to 5 million, which means that we're seeing an exciting trend of companies that are at their series A or even B stage. And what they're doing is maybe they're raising 10, 20 million dollars overall from VCs, but they're allocating a portion of that round, maybe, you know, that one to 5 million to equity crowdfunding, to investors through WeFunder, because they're really excited about, you know, allowing their super fans and customers onto their cap table as well. And it's just something that, you know, is just really aligned with, with, with their mission and what they want. So that's an exciting trend that, that I'm excited to just see, you know, grow even more in the future. So let's explain to people what this means, because yeah. often people are um, really innovative idea game changers, but they're not financial people. And so they might not even know what a series A is, a series B. Uh, they might not know what it means to put one line on their uh, cap table. Can you explain those things? Yeah. So basically, you know, when we talk about seed financing, we're talking about maybe the first or second round round of, of equity capital 
uh, that you're getting from people. So this isn't just, this isn't, you know, out of pocket. This isn't, you know, money that's just being donated. This is money that's being invested in your company while it's still, you know, being privately held with the hopes that at some sort of exit or acquisition or IPO, whatever that looks like, however many years down the line, you know, that's some sort of profit. Uh, is 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 generated or returned from that investment, and so seed stage. You know, pre, now VCs have invented even pre-seed stage, which is like the first maybe couple of thousand dollars that enter. But really, that entire seed stage is basically the first kind of handful of checks uh, that help you launch, that help you post-launch, help you with your first couple hires. It's it's really that initial like injection of capital uh, to help you know you you build more momentum. Uh, series A and Series B is more for, you know, kind of expansion and growth. Okay, we've proven product market fit. Uh, you know, we've started really growing the team. Maybe when we want to explore new verticals, you know, maybe there's, you know, other kind of market expansion that we want to do. That's kind of what comes uh, with later rounds of financing. So when I talk about, you know, seed Series A, that's what that all means. And then whoever invests in your company uh, through these equity or venture rounds, whether it's a venture capital firm or an angel, they all live on something called your cap table or capitalization table. And that's basically just a list of, okay, who is invested? What terms did they invest in? How much equity in my company did I give up to them? Uh, and, and that's kind of what the cap table is. It's where everybody lives. And a clean cap table just means, you know, if you ever need to collect signatures, if there's ever any legal work, you know, the fewer people you have to collect the signatures from, the better. So that's why people say a clean cap table uh, is always something that you want to have, you know, minimizing perhaps the number of lines you have there is always something to, to prioritize. Yeah, and I think a common question would be, I know it was for me and you had explained to me, was that uh, I think people feel like it could be daunting to have a hundred or a thousand people sure. invest in their company in equity crowdfunding. But what you all have done is simplify that by what you just said, make it one line. Let's explain how that's all on one line instead of a thousand lines. Uh, you have the lead investor that's mm -hmm. on that line. So explain that to everybody so they understand how easy it is for them to do this equity yeah. funding. Yeah, you're so right. It is incredibly easy. And again, you know, part of the reason also just like as an aside, why this is all perhaps like foreign, you know, to some people is that it is very new. So, you know, if you haven't heard about this or don't know the details, that's okay. You know, it's on us to, you know, come, come places uh, like here with you, Catherine, and, and talk about it because, uh, you know, this one line on the cap table only started happening in 2020. Uh, so this is incredibly, incredibly new. Uh, but yeah, so the way it all rolls up into one line on your cap table, at least at WeFunder, uh, we use kind of what's called a special purpose vehicle, which is just an easy way for us to kind of aggregate all of the investments together and roll them up into one line on your cap table. And that is represented by somebody called the lead investor. So usually in any round of venture financing, you pick somebody who's going to be putting that first check in and they're called the lead investor. On WeFunder, the lead investor is somebody who is investing at least $1,000 uh, through your WeFunder campaign or somebody who has previously invested at least $1,000 on the exact same kind of terms that you're offering uh, to the WeFunder investors. And what's amazing about this structure is you never have to worry about collecting, you know, a thousand signatures. You never have to worry about the voting rights for a thousand people by investing on WeFunder through this structure. Uh, whether people are investing $5,000, $20,000, or $100, they're basically uh, waiving their rights and signing away, you know, voting rights, signing rights, et cetera, to the lead investor. So the lead investor is basically somebody who is chosen 
uh, by the founder. So hopefully there's like a really strong connection there. Hopefully there's somebody strategic as, you know, a lead should always be or any investor should always be. And there's somebody who votes, signs, et cetera, on behalf of uh, the group of people that have invested in your campaign. That's amazing. And like you said, this is a major breakthrough just recently. And so yeah. I'm so happy to, you know, enlighten people about this new opportunity, uh, both as women that are looking for funding to go to wefunder.com and learn about it and speak mm -hmm. with you. Um, and then also, if you're interested in, in, in investing, um, I know I've done some equity crowdfunding and it's very interesting and they send you updates of what's going on and it makes you feel a part of it. And uh, it's very exciting to go to sites like WeFunder and see what people are innovating. It's fascinating and exciting. And like you said, you can make money on it. But even more importantly, you're helping out hopefully another woman since we're all about investing in women. Mm -hmm. um, and, and helping make their dream come true while being a part of the exciting journey. And like we said, um, also benefiting it from it financially. So there's just a total win-win in participating in this type of thing. Um, thank you so much for being here. Uh, I hope we send some people your way and have enlightened some people today about, you know, the incredible work that WeFunder is doing and why they should be a part of equity crowdfunding. Uh, how do we follow you on social media? Yeah, of course. Well, first of all, it's been really, really great to be here. I mean, one of the things kind of like you're saying that I'm really passionate about is just, first of all, you know, telling founders that this is an option. You know, I think it's so, so powerful and it is such an amazing vehicle for so many founders that, you know, getting your help and just getting the word out uh, really, you know, makes a big difference. And also, you know, saying to, you know, women who are investing that this is an option and this is an amazing way to, you know, pave a road towards accreditation and being an angel investor. Like here's a way to start your portfolio now uh, before you even get accredited, which is just, you know, an amazing, amazingly empower thing, empowering thing to do. Um, but yeah, I am just at Mariel Rossick on, on Twitter. Uh, and I am more than happy to talk to anybody. My DMs uh, are always open. Uh, and I know that likewise, you know, everybody at WeFunder is always super excited uh, to talk to anyone who reaches out to us. We always love just getting on the phone with founders and explaining, you know, how this all works and if it's a good fit. So more than happy to speak to anybody who thinks that this could be interesting and always also, you know, uh, excited to talk to any women who are excited about investing or want to know about best practices for investing on a platform like WeFunder. Right. And they can follow WeFunder on social media also? Yep. We're just at WeFunder everywhere. Yep. Okay. Awesome. Um, and as everyone knows, you can follow She Angel Investors and She Angels Foundation as well on social media. We hope you'll be following both of us. And uh, you can always reach out to me to get a hold of uh, Marielle uh, and, uh, or reach out to her directly. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in, everybody. Remember to invest in her. Thank you so much, Mariel, for this great overview on uh, equity crowdfunding. Love it. And I love what you're doing. And we're cheering you on. Thank you so much. It's been an absolute joy to be here with you. Thank you. Make it a great week, everybody. Goodbye. Our theme music was created and produced by Lindsay Tomasic.